Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's Scout Fantasy Sports. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Adam Ronis. You can find me at ScoutFantasySports.com on Twitter at Adam Ronis on Instagram. Aaron, A-R-O-N-88. I am here for the next hour, taking you until 8 p.m. Eastern in this critical week 13 fantasy playoff burst on the line this week. And we have you covered here at ScoutFantasySports.com. You can check out the Fantasy Football Weekly Snap Counts, find out who's playing, who's not on the field as much as you think. The Fantasy Football Stock Watch for me with uh, three players rising, three players falling. Dr. Otto has his waiver wire Wednesday, as well as his video for the waiver wire. The Week 13 projections from Sean Childs are up. Uh, And, of course, we answer your questions on the message boards and the forums anytime you want. Whatever question you have, just post it, and we will answer it. Obviously, the start-sit questions can be a little bit difficult on a Wednesday, so just keep that in mind as injuries start to trickle out. So we will answer them, but... I always say this, you want the most information at your disposal when you're making these critical decisions. So, yes, obviously players involving the Thursday night game between the Saints and the Cowboys, sure, we can give you a good, accurate assessment on who's in, who's out. But some of these others, there's going to be more injury news that breaks and surprising players that don't play. So make sure you're a little patient. I know everyone is anxious to set their lineup here in this critical week, but don't worry, we'll have you covered. We're there all weekend throughout the morning, the night, so uh, we'll have it covered for you. Make sure you check out ScoutDFS.com as well. NBA, NHL, NFL, we have you covered. As I mentioned, NBA Optimizer has been real good, and it reflects immediate news, uh, especially today. Chris Paul was ruled out, so you know James Harden becomes a core of your lineup in almost every format, and it reflects that right away, so that's why it's a good tool to have in addition to the Slack chat and the last-minute advice that you can get from all of us there. And also, uh, you can still get 50% off uh, your all-sports monthly pass, an NFL DFS monthly pass, or an NBA DFS monthly pass. Just enter the promo code DAYAFTER and get 50% off your first month. Again, as I've been saying, you're going to make that money back pretty easily in a night or two. So it makes sense, and then it has you covered for the entire month. And just think about the money that you can accumulate, especially with the holidays right around the corner. You know those gifts can get expensive, so uh, let's get you some extra money. And VegasWhispers.com, that's another way to make money for your sports betting needs. Uh, They have you covered there as they've been killing it, especially in college football. Just been unbelievable season in college football. And uh, you can see the record on Twitter, at VegasWhispers. And then once you become a member, there's a private Twitter feed that tweets out the picks as they roll in and you can get alerts set up on your phone. So this way you uh, have access to 
make those picks as soon as that information is put out. Joining me on the show today will be Anthony Aniano from rotoballer.com. He'll join me for the final two segments as we'll talk some Week 13 storylines with him. Uh, some interesting matchups this week. Tough matchups for some of the upper-tier players, so we'll find out what we should do with those players. But let's kick it off with some of the news going on right now. Uh, there was an earlier report today that Mitch Trubisky did not practice, but he did get in a limited session. So Matt Nagy, the coach of the Bears, said that it could go down to the wire as to whether or not Trubisky plays in Week 13. Bears obviously trying to hold on to first place in the division. They're playing the Giants this week. So it sounded like last week that he could have played if that game was Sunday. So my guess is he probably plays this week. But again, it's going to all be how he feels later in the week. So that is definitely worth tracking for those that have Trubisky, especially in leagues where you have to play two quarterbacks. Uh, that's where it really comes into play. You know, you don't have to risk it uh, with no one on by and so many quarterback options. Uh, and I think now in a lot of situations, people do roster two quarterbacks. You know, in the past, I usually don't. But, it all, again, it all depends on how many roster spots you have. Uh, you know, if you have 20, I'm going to hold two quarterbacks. And let's keep in mind, too, in the high-stakes leagues, including the Fantasy Football World Championship, this is the last week of the waiver wire. So spend all your money and make sure you're covered for the next three weeks. You want to make sure you have two defenses, unless you have one that has great matchups the rest of the way. Uh, you want to have two kickers. You never know when an injury can strike. And, you know, have two quarterback, two tight ends. So you want to make sure that you're prepared uh, because, you, look, you could take the risk with one kicker. Maybe you have a great kicker. You have Harrison Bucker, Greg Zerline, Will Lutz, and you don't want to take a chance. But we've seen Zerline get hurt already this year. So you don't want to have that zero on your roster. So make sure you know your league rules. I say it all the time, and it sounds basic and elementary, but know your league rules and make sure you spend all that money on the waiver wire especially when uh, leagues where the waiver wire ends this week, tonight and Friday, for the Fantasy Football World Championship. So make sure you have that all covered. This morning, we thought we would get the news yesterday. We were talking about this on the show yesterday, but Leonard Fournette's appeal of his one-game suspension was denied. So he will not play this week. It'll be Carlos Hyde and TJ Yeldon. Uh, we obviously seen Hyde get more carries, but Yeldon uh, more involved in the passing game as they go up against the Colts. So, you know, if your game flow prediction is Jags play from behind, then you might see more TJ Yeldon. Uh, I am not playing either guy. I don't think I own any of them anyway, uh, but I really don't love either one this week. But obviously, if you were hit with the four net news, maybe you lost Melvin Gordon. Maybe you're dealing with Marlon Mack and these guys are available on the waiver, right, you might be forced to play them. So, again, it comes down to each individual situation. A.J. Green participated in today's walkthrough this morning. He said he is back to play. So he made it pretty emphatic that he does not want to rest. He wants to be out there. Obviously, Jeff Driscoll takes over at quarterback with Andy Dalton out for the season. So you're a little bit concerned, okay, can Driscoll get him the ball? But... I have A.J. Green in two leagues. I'm going to play him. I mean, one is a 14-team league where I am hurting, and uh, I pretty much need I need wins this week to get in the playoffs. Uh, I'm Right now, if the season ended, I'm in the playoffs, but if I, it's a doubleheader league. If I lose two this week, I probably don't get in. So I need at least a split or two wins and some points. So I'm playing A.J. Green. Uh, in the other league, it's the league that I've talked about yesterday with Chris Carroll, the Greenwich Street Tower League, where I've already wrapped up 
the one, not the one seed, first place for sure in my division, and I'm still playing for the points title. So I'm probably playing AJ Green uh, over Cortland Sutton. Uh, I have Adam Thielen and Tyler Lockett as well. So I do think Sutton could have a big game this week against the Bengals. So uh, I'm thinking that you know that I'm probably going to get Green in there over Sutton. So that that's what I think I'm going to do. Uh, now remember. We go over these practice reports here on Wednesday, and sometimes it's just guys getting rest. It's late in this season. Other times, it's an indication of things to come. So don't panic when we go over some of these. Gus Edwards, Ravens running back, didn't practice today. Uh, That's something to take note of. Maybe they're just giving him a rest. It can happen. But if this injury is a problem, uh, it's something to keep an eye on because Alex Collins who didn't play last week, he's been dealing with a foot injury. He didn't practice today also. He is listed as day-to-day. So they've already said Edwards is their back. But if he's out, Ty Montgomery uh, could be interesting. They'll probably use Buck Allen a little bit. But I think Ty Montgomery's a deep sleeper anyway because the weakness for the Falcons is pass-catching running backs. And we really haven't seen Edwards involved in that capacity of the game yet. Uh, so I think if you're like in a 14, 16-team league, Ty Montgomery is an interesting deep sleeper this week that maybe gets you five, six catches. And we did see him play a little bit last week. So uh, if you really are hurting at running back, he's on the wire. I would take a look at him. Uh, last week he played 28 snaps. He had eight carries for 51 yards, and he caught three passes for 13 yards. But that was against uh, Oakland uh, where they pretty much had the lead and played from ahead. Uh, This week could be a more competitive game on the road in Atlanta. And again, Atlanta is so weak against pass-catching running backs. Uh, Marlon Mack still in the league's concussion protocol. So we don't know if he's going to play this week against Jacksonville. So it's something to keep an eye on if you're a Mack owner. Obviously, if he does not play, Naheem Hines and Jordan Wilkins will split. And we've seen Naheem Hines play very well in the absence of Marlon Mack this year wrote about it in the week fab guide and uh he's you know heavily involved in the passing game he's done a nice job with mac out and he already has 40 receptions on the season so we saw him play uh, a little more last week uh, when mac left the game nine carries to 28 yards he really hasn't done much between the tackles this year but you know he'll figure he'll get eight to ten carries but you know you could be looking at five six catches so he would definitely receive a boost this week uh with even it is a tough matchup. You probably see them lean a lot more heavily on Andrew Luck. But, but if that's the case, then that's good for Hines because that means he'll catch some passes. So that's something to keep an eye on there. on Johnson still not at practice today. He didn't play last week with that knee injury. Probably doesn't play this week. I think that's what we expect. There's no need for Detroit to push him. They're out of it. They're going nowhere. So Laguerre Blunt. We'll obviously see volume. Now, the problem with Blunt is, you know, people are going to chase last week where he had 19 carries, 88 yards, and two rushing touchdowns against the Bears defense, which was surprising. But we know the Lions typically play well or decent at home against Thanksgiving. It's tough. It's a short week. And the Rams haven't been dominant defensively. But if the Rams open that lead, you know, they're going to have to go away from LeGarrette Blunt. That would mean more Theo Riddick. So, like Riddick better this week. I mean, he's been involved at least seven targets in four straight games anyway. So, you know, he has a role in that offense. Sammy Watkins still did not practice yet this week. He was not practicing today. They're coming off a bye week, so not the best sign. Again, it's still kind of early in the week, 
But do they really need him against Oakland? Probably not. And you know Kansas City is thinking long-term in the postseason. So if you are a Sammy Watkins owner and you were salivating at this matchup against Oakland, be prepared to have a backup option in case he can't go. Uh, you got to be careful what coaches say. But uh, Eagles running back coach Deuce Staley said Josh Adams is still part of a committee. Um, I'm not buying that at all. <laughs> I mean, how how could that be the case? Did you see, like, how Adams performed last week, and that's even leaving the game briefly with a shoulder injury? I mean, Adams has clearly been the best back. They finally won a game when Adams had 22 carries for 84 yards and a touchdown. So I, do they go back and involve Clement or Smallwood more? It's possible, but I'm not buying it. I'm starting Josh Adams with confidence. I used him in DFS last week. Uh, I'm using him in season long this week. I think he's a solid RB two. not really involved much in the past game. We did see three receptions two weeks ago, but he's averaging 5.2 yards per carry. He's been their best back and they need a little bit more balance with Carson Wentz not looking right. So I got to be careful when you hear things like this from coaches. I'm definitely not buying it. Uh, I'm using Adams in my 14 team league. I'm using him in a 12 team league. Uh, there is a league where I'm not using them only because I can only start three running backs, and I have Kamara, Lindsey, and uh, Nick Chubb. And I know Nick Chubb has a tough matchup against the Texans, but he's getting volume, and he's looked really good. And as we've seen, Chubb is capable of breaking off long plays at any time. So tough for me to get Adams in over those backs. I almost played Adams over Lindsey last week, and I couldn't do it. Lindsey's just been so good, and Lindsey also uh, still has a uh, – Good matchup this week against the Bengals, as good as it gets. So, got to stick with him. Uh, Stephon Diggs didn't practice today. He was listed on the injury report with a knee injury. Something just to keep an eye on. Obviously, Diggs has been uh, already missed a game where he was banked up. Uh, so, they're going to be very careful with him. It was a, I think it was a rib injury last time that he missed time. So, uh, not really worried about it yet. Obviously, he'll pay attention in the next couple of days. I mean, Adam Thielen was limited with the calf, but that's been the case for weeks. He looked fine last week. So nothing to really worry about yet. Calvin Ridley was limited at practice today, listed with ankle and elbow injuries. Uh, those are new injuries with him. He had an ankle injury earlier in the year. So uh, it's not a great matchup this week against Baltimore. So keep that in mind. You're going to be dependent on a touchdown, as we have been for the most part with Ridley this year. Kenyon Drake was limited in practice with that shoulder injury. They said that was going to be the case for him this week. Uh, it's been an issue for him the last couple of weeks, and he'll be in a no-contact jersey. Look, with Drake, it's all about workload. The guy is so talented, and we've just seen Adam Gase not give him the ball much. So, you know, last week he came through with two touchdowns, but you saw the two previous weeks where he had uh, seven touches and ten touches. That makes no sense. Yeah, I, I, in last week he had 13 touches and scored two touchdowns. You know, if he is involved in the past game getting six, seven targets a week, you can live with the limited carries because then it raises his floor. So Drake's always a tough decision. I don't have him in any leagues. Uh, it really depends on what else you have. He's not a guy that you feel confident starting just because Gase can just erase him from the game plan. It's not talent. It's Adam Gase and the usage of Kenyon Drake. Eric Ebron did not practice today with a back injury. He's He was on the injury report, was it, a few weeks ago with like four different injuries. So probably just a veteran resting him, and he should be good to go. And obviously a top four top five tight end the rest of the way with Jack Doyle out for the year. T.Y. Hilton did not practice today with a groin injury again. This could be just a veteran thing. Although, on the other side, Jalen Ramsey did not practice today with a knee injury, and Doug Marone admitted there's a high level of concern 
that Ramsey won't be able to play this week against the Colts. So that would obviously help the passing game. Andrew Luck and T.Y. Hilton. Not that you're scared of Jacksonville's defense anymore. I mean, they're still they're still decent, but man, we just seen them give up some really big plays, uh, including the Buffalo last week. So you're not intimidated. Not with Andrew Luck and the way he's playing with at least three passing touchdowns in eight straight games. Traquan Smith, he is off the injury report. He'll play against the Cowboys tomorrow night. I don't like him though. Uh, it's not a good spot. The Cowboys have done very well, and again, you're you're banking on one big play. So uh, I think he's more of a wide receiver for this week. And remember, he has a low floor, has a high ceiling, but a very low floor. So no teams on by. I'm not starting Traquan Smith this week. Curtis Samuel did not practice today with a hamstring injury. Man, this is rough because Devin Funch is still not practicing with the back. And Samuel is a playmaker. Even though he didn't see a heavy volume last week, he did score a touchdown. Evan Ingram didn't practice today. I don't see how you can have confidence after what happened last week. I know tight ends. A real brutal position, but hopefully you haven't been counting on him because he hasn't done much this year anyway. Kiki QT, limited at practice today. That's actually a pretty good sign. I thought he would definitely be out after he aggravated that hamstring injury, but uh, I think it's going to be tough to count on him. Vance McDonald didn't practice today with a hip injury. Something to keep an eye on, and that game is Sunday night. That would open things up for Jesse James for those that are desperate at tight end. And Jimmy Graham didn't practice. No way you can trust him after you play just 22 snaps. Coming up next, Anthony Aniano, Rotoballer, joins me to talk Week 13 right here on Scout Fantasy Sports. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 8 p.m. Eastern. You can check me out, ScoutFantasySports.com. Got the Fantasy Football Stock Watch up, Waiver Wire Wednesday from Dr. Odin. Of course, you can ask your questions on the message boards in the forums anytime you want. And also, a special savings. You can get half off a Scout DFS subscription, whether you sign up for the All Sports Pass, the NFL Pass, or the NBA Monthly Pass, get 50% off your first month. Use the promo code DAYAFTER at ScoutDFS.com and get your savings now. Joining me, it is Anthony Aniano from Rotoballer.com. Anthony, what's up? Not much, Adam. Nice talking to you again. How are you? You too, man. How's the uh, fantasy football season going for you? Solid season. Uh, Playoff spots are locked up. And uh, at this point, riding out the year, ready for the postseason to start. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, I was talking about this yesterday. It just felt, it feels like the season flies by. Like, I feel like I was just doing drafts, and now all of a sudden it's like, wow, last week at a regular season for most leagues. Yeah, it goes quick. Uh, I was talking to somebody the other day, uh, bye weeks are over, you know, little, maybe less decision-making because of that. I mean, we're, we're three, four weeks away from being done and, and moving on to our next fantasy adventure. Yeah, I mean, the good thing is there's always a fantasy sport going on, and hopefully mm-hmm. people play multiple sports. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm in NBA. I play fantasy basketball, NBA DFS, so I have that during the week. And then turn around, once football's over, I'll start preparing for baseball, which uh, 
probably season long. I think baseball is my favorite. Yeah, I agree. And you and I go way back and uh, I love the baseball. I start the prep now, the hot stove report, you know, all the moves being made. So that, that season has already really begun if, you, if you're really all in like guys like you and I are. Definitely, for sure. Let's talk some football, and I think a critical decision for fantasy owners this week is what to do with the Jacksonville running backs. Obviously, Leonard Fournette will be suspended for this week, and it's Carlos Hyde, TJ Yeldon going up against the Colts. If you had the option to play one of them, which one is the preference and why? Uh, in the PPR league, I think it's obvious you're rolling with TJ Yeldon. Standard league, I'm going to try to shy away from both if possible, probably even yield uh, my preference to Yeldon as well. Yeldon was re- fantastic with Fournette out earlier in the year. He averaged almost 17 fantasy points a game in that PPR format. And on the season, he's just over 14. Guy averages over four yards a carry, over nine yards a reception, and he gives you about four or five catches a game against the Colts defense that allows over six and a half receptions a game to running backs. Uh, TJ Yeldon is the preference. He's got four receiving touchdowns on the year. Uh, he's had a nice season when Fournette's not there. I'm comfortable rolling Fournette this week in what should be a, an active game for him, especially with the backup quarterback now at the helm. Alshon Jeffrey looked great when he came back from the injured reserve. He was getting peppered with targets, and then all of a sudden, over the last few weeks, that's not been the case. What do you think has gone wrong with Alshon Jeffrey, and will he be able to turn it around this week against the Redskins? Since Golden Tate has arrived, Alshon Jeffrey has only had 16 targets, 7 receptions, and 120 yards. That's three games. He has not hit double-digit fantasy points since week seven, and he's only hit double-digit since week three. Guys, I don't love Alshon Jeffrey. I think Alshon Jeffrey, since his heyday with the Bears, has been an overrated fantasy player. He's been a couple of years now. He hasn't even sniffed 1,000 yards in two or three seasons. Okay, I know Washington gives up points to wide receivers, but as long as Zach Ertz is there, the young running back Adams is now involved, 22 carries, the most carries an eagle running back, a running back has had under a Doug Peterson team. Uh, as long as those guys are there, Alshon Jeffrey is at best the third option, and you see how he's kind of being phased out of that offense. He's nothing more than a low-end wide receiver three this week for me against Washington. Yeah, I was never on Alshon Jeffrey at all this year, and then I saw his start, and I was like, wow, I'm going to be wrong. He looks really good. The <laughs> surgery helped him. He's getting peppered with targets, and it's just amazing. Uh, like they said recently, we haven't figured out how to use Golden Tate. Like, really? You had two weeks when they got him <laughs> with the bye week. Like, you knew you were getting him. Like, how have you not figured this out? This whole legal offense, Adam, let's be honest, it's just not as good as it was last year. Wentz, not nearly as dynamic as he was last year. You know, you're figuring out Aguilar. That Jordan Matthews is there stealing a couple of catches a game. Now you have Tate. Jeffrey should be an eight to nine target a game wide receiver. He has that build. He just doesn't produce like at less than 14 fantasy points a game. Uh, he's just been a perennial disappointment the last couple of years. Zach Ertz is Wentz's favorite target, will continue to be that target. And, and I just don't see that changing anytime soon. Yeah, it certainly feels that way. Talking to Anthony Aniano from rotoballer.com. Uh, if Marlon Mack is out this week, what do you do with the Colts running backs? Is it safe for me to say I try to look elsewhere? I mean, you know, in a PPR format, I could roll with Naheem Hines. He had a couple of decent weeks back in week four and week five where he got a combined 16 receptions. But remember, 
this Jaguars defense, as dysfunctional as this team overall is, is still allowing less than 18 fantasy points a game to running backs in a PPR format. The best in the league. Week 10 against the Jaguars, a fully healthy Indianapolis Colts backfield. Mack, Wilkins, and Hines combined for 16 carries and 85 rushing yards and five catches for 28 receiving yards. A healthy Mack is not a player I love this week. Um... Hines in a PPR, maybe he brings you in five catches, gives you a 10-point floor without Mac in the game. But either way you look at it, it is not an ideal matchup for anybody in the Colts' backfield. Uh, Tom Brady, you know, I think everyone who drafted him, you know, you just play him every week, that's the thought. But if you look at what he's done lately, it's been pretty bad. You know, he hasn't been a top 15 quarterback in the last four games. He has two games with no touchdowns. Even against the Jets last week, you know, 283 and two touchdowns, you know, with the way quarterbacks are playing today, it's not good enough. And this week, he goes up against the Vikings. The game is at home. Is Brady a must-start, or do you look to seek a better option at quarterback this week? If you are desperate, week 13 desperate, you need to win, and you want to roll that dice and think outside the box, I understand it. In the last four, you mentioned how Brady hasn't been great in the last four weeks. In the last four weeks, this Minnesota defense, 10 fantasy points to Drew Brees, about 10.5 to Matt Stafford, less than 17 to Trubisky, and last week, about 14 points to Aaron Rodgers. Just barely over 15 fantasy points in the last four weeks allowed. And you're talking about three guys who were viewed as terrific fantasy options, Brees, Stafford, and Rodgers. Do you dare go Lamar Jackson against Atlanta, who gives up points to quarterbacks like, like, you know, they're just giving them away. Do you dare go Jameis Winston against Carolina, who Russell Wilson chewed up last week? These are viable options if you're brave enough to go away from Brady because he has that reputation, right? You, you play your horses. Brady's one of your horses. He's, he's not untouchable anymore. He just isn't in a tough, tough matchup. Minnesota's only allowed four quarterbacks all year over 20 fantasy points, and that's got to be your floor for your quarterback is at least 20 points. It's not a guarantee anymore. Sony Michelle is involved. You could look elsewhere if available. And we saw last year, if you look at weeks 13 to week 17, Brady didn't have more than two touchdown passes. He didn't have a 300-yard passing game. You know, he is getting older. I know we've kind of been here before, and everyone has kind of said, this is the beginning of the end, and then he kind of comes alive, and we saw what he did in the Super Bowl. But is this Patriots team equipped to make, make it to the Super Bowl this year? They're going to lean. I, I just think they're going to lean on Sony Michelle, and I think that's the way they're going. You know, I mean, they still have the weapons, right? Gronkowski is finally healthy. Hopefully he gets a touchdown. Uh, uh, Josh Gordon becoming more and more useful. Julian Edelman is what Julian Edelman is, is a target monster. And now they might actually have a feature back in, in Sony Michelle, Rex Burkhead, coming off the IR, see how he works in with James White and Michelle as well. So they've kind of finally got a full complement of offensive players. They're not as reliant on Brady. What did Michelle run for 130 last week? So they could kind of lean on the run game. Listen, we know Brady's, uh, you know, is what he is. He's an all-time great, but he's an all-time great who's now 41 years old. I don't care what you say. Eventually, age starts to take its toll. You have to start going elsewhere. Um, this is not the season. I don't think the Patriots can keep up with the offenses that you see in the league. The Saints, the Rams, the Chiefs. I just don't see how they could keep up and make another Super Bowl. Talking to Anthony Aniano from rotoballer.com. All of a sudden, the Browns offense is clicking. Baker Mayfield is playing well since the coach was fired. Hugh Jackson was let go. 
They replaced Todd Haley. Things are looking right, except for Jarvis Landry. <laughs> he has not been a part of it. And, you know, people drafted him in the third and fourth round. It's not happened. I mean, he had Atlanta, two catches, 22 yards, Bengals, three for 30. I mean, those are great matchups. How worried would you be if you're a Jarvis Landry owner right now? Yeah, Jarvis Landry for me is nothing more similar to Alshon Jeffrey as a low-end wide receiver three option, and it has to be in a, a point-per-reception format. Standard league, he's not useful. He's not getting the ball in the end zone. He's not getting you uh, enough yards per game. This is a guy, 12 fantasy points a game approximately, only about five-and-a-half receptions a game, and you draft the Jarvis Landry, you expect seven to eight catches a game. So he's fallen below that. Antonio Callaway develops. He had the touchdown last week. Najoku's developing. They have a feature running back who has come out, I don't want to say come out of nowhere, but has taken over for Carlos Hyde and been lights out. You see this youth movement in Cleveland. It's, it's exciting to watch, actually. Jarvis Landry kind of being pushed to the wayside a little bit by these first and second year players in Cleveland. Tough to rely on as Baker Mayfield kind of falls in love with this rest of this rookie class and second-year class that, that he came in with. Demarius Thomas, he had gone seven quarters without a <laughs> reception until this past Monday night, and I'm sure a lot of people had him on the bench, and he came through with two touchdowns. Is that a sign of things to come going forward for Demarius Thomas, or is he still someone that's very risky and touchdown-dependent going forward? Yeah, only five targets in the game, so it's nothing crazy there. I mean, he granted he had the two touchdowns. It looks nice, but the volume's still not there. The volume is still DeAndre Hopkins. Now, keep in mind, Kiki Kuti hurt his hamstring again. Kid has a ton of talent. He's been injury-prone, so that could help things out for Demarius Thomas a little bit. Nice matchup this week coming up against Cleveland, who allow about 42 fantasy points a game to wide receivers. They've allowed three wide receiver touchdowns in the last three weeks. So Demarius Thomas could have a role in a deeper format, maybe a flex option if you're a little beat up, if you don't have better choices. I'm not forcing Demarius Thomas into my lineup, though, this week. Right? Rule number one, Adam, you know this, don't chase last week's points. And that might be what you're doing with Demarius Thomas this week, coming off the two touchdowns. Not a guarantee again. Okay, uh, uh, Lamar Miller, DeAndre Hopkins will continue to be the primary options in Houston. Thomas is a flex option, nothing more than that. I don't think people realize it because, you know, that he was the number one quarterback last week, Deshaun Watson, but six straight games, 25 pass attempts or fewer. I mean, he's been very efficient and come through, but just not putting the ball in the air much. The team's won eight in a row, the defense playing well. That's the biggest problem with that offense. Yeah, they, I mean, and Lamar Miller, for, I mean, I don't know about you, but I've always been one who's, you know, expected the end of the line from Lamar Miller for the last year or two, and he just keeps plugging along. And three 100-yard games in his last five, so he's been rock steady. They're relying on that defense that's gotten better and better as this season has gone on. And let's be honest, Deshaun Watson has not lived up to anywhere near the, the preseason hype where he was being drafted as the first quarterback off the board. I saw him go in some expert leads as early as the third or fourth round based off that small sample size last season. And they just he's just not throwing the ball enough, a little bit more of a conservative game plan. Miller's been good. The defense has been good. Hey, it's winning. They're not going to change it. If Houston is winning, they're not going to change what he's doing. So don't suddenly expect 35 to 40 pass attempts, attempts from Watson. 
Yeah, Lamar Miller stuck a dagger in me with that 97-yard <laughs> run, that. and then I was going against him, man. That was brutal. Because uh, I'm with you. He was a guy that I completely stayed away from this year. So I guess that's what happens. when Yeah, you talk <laughs> there's tr- always a few of them. Yeah, you talk trash, and then they come back to get you in a critical <laughs> week. So uh, DJ Moore, you know, he was going pretty early in the high-stakes drafts. He was going in the – eighth ninth tenth round there were high expectations for him and it's taken a long time to get him going but it seems like carolina is starting to feature maria 17 targets the last two weeks even if devin funches comes back this week and he didn't practice today is dj Moore someone that we can rely on as a potential wide receiver two, high wide receiver three the rest of the way i think so i mean he's a first round pick first wide receiver taken in the draft so you, Carolina knew what they were getting with him. It just took a little while to get acclimated to settle into a role, and he has settled in really as the number one option other than Christian McCaffrey for Cam Newton in, in Carolina. And what a week he has lined up against this Tampa defense. Okay, Tampa's allowed 17 touchdowns to wide receivers this year. Uh, Moore has 248 receiving yards in just the last two weeks alone. Funches was given the opportunity to be an R, a wide receiver one last season, and he has never sees that so there's no reason whatsoever for for those targets to go back to Funches. he's never really just capitalized on the opportunity dj moore has i continue to i see him to continue to excel in that role 13 wide receivers over 15 fantasy points against tampa cam newton dj moore i i mean they're looking forward to sunday it should be a big game third most fantasy points allowed to the position by tampa go all in on more on the other side, or, or one of his teammates, Greg Olson, has kind of fallen out of this offense the last few weeks. Seven targets, two receptions, 11 yards or fewer. He does have a touchdown uh, in the last two games. But uh, I was concerned about Olson coming back because I heard him say that he needed the surgery at the end of the year. Now, he came back and was looking pretty good, scored in three straight games. But is there concern? I know the tight end position is just so yeah. bad. But if you have Olsen, can you run him out there? Or do you say, you know what, uh, maybe I start Cameron Brait over him. Maybe I start David Njoku over him. What do you do with Olsen? If you somehow manage to end up with Brait, Njoku, and Olsen, then, then congratulations. Well, I mean, I meant one or the other. Like, right, say, I understand. Maybe you picked just, up Brait and Olsen. It's such a thin position, like you said. I'm okay running Brait out there. Good matchup for him this week. Uh, Njoku, I love Njoku. I know he's hit or miss. But here's the thing. Tampa Bay is allowed six touchdowns to the tight end. They're susceptible to that position. So Olsen, he's about 10 fantasy points a game. And really, right now, uh, maybe I'm wrong, Anna, but at, from any tight end not aimed Zach, named Zach Ertz or Travis Kelsey, is there anybody else you could count on for 10 fantasy points a game at the position? I don't really see it week in and week out. If I get a safe 10 points from Olsen, Potential for a touchdown is always there. Um, I, I just think you have no very few choices. Braid, Najoku, he's not a must-start, but because of the thinness of the position in most leagues, I do think he is a must-start. Yeah, I think the other reliable tight ends right now are George Kittle and Eric Ebron with the Jack Doyle news, I think. Yes. You, you were playing Ebron most of the time anyway, and now he just gets a path to increase snaps, and we know Andrew Luck looks for the tight end often in the red zone. But, yeah, you're after that, you're hoping that your tight end scores a touchdown. That's basically what you're looking for because not a lot of those guys have heavy volume. And I'm very interested to see this year when we look at the final fantasy football champions, how many of them have a Zach Ertz, a Travis Kelsey, 
Uh, I don't know if many will have Gronk. Maybe he could still finish the season strong. Uh, I mean, he's out there, so obviously you're starting him. I actually have Gronk on a team that's 10-2. and two. Wow. Yeah, I mean, because it's because I have Mahomes, Gurley. Well, yeah. That's why. So yeah. they, they, they kind of they masked it. But, yeah, I, I can't imagine many of the Gronkowski teams are, are, are doing that well. But uh, I, if you have Kelsey and Ertz, as long as you didn't mess up the rest of the team, you've got to be in contention you're, this year. Right. You're, there are very few set-it-and-walk-away tight ends right now in the league. Ertz, Kelsey, Ebron, Kittle. Other than that, you're playing the matchups and hoping for the best. I mean, that's really what you got to do. Lots more ahead, including a couple of running backs that have great matchups this week, but they haven't really produced over the last few weeks. Do we start them this week? Anthony will let you know next. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fancy Sports Radio Network app. The Fancy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fancy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fancy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844 844- 843-6879. The Fancy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. You're listening to Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Royce here until 8 p.m. Eastern as we do each and every weekday. Of course, if you can't listen live, you can always check it out on demand. Just go to your podcast, search Scout Fantasy Sports, and listen anytime. The live show usually goes up pretty quickly once it ends. And you can check out all my work, ScoutFantasySports.com. The Week 13 Fantasy Football Stock Watch is up. Ask your questions for this crucial Week 13 on the message boards and the forums anytime you want. Get an answer from myself, Dr. Otto, or Sean Childs, and our Week 13 projections are up. I'm joined by Anthony Aniano from Rotoballer.com. And, Anthony, this week, uh, LaShawn McCoy has a really good matchup. Dolphins have been carved up against the run. Uh, LaShawn McCoy was uh, my bust of the year. I know everyone was saying, well, he's going to get heavy volume. I thought the Bills offense was going to be terrible. It's probably a little worse than I thought. <laughs> now, we, we've seen McCoy get volume at times and not produce. Now, he had a big game against the Jets two weeks ago. Uh is this a spot where you can use McCoy with confidence because of the matchup, or is he still very risky because this offense could just implode at any time? Yeah, I don't, I don't want to use him. I, you know, I know he had the big game against the Jets, but the truth is it's the only real big game he's had all year. He's only had 15 or more fantasy points twice, week 8 and week 10 against the Jets. That's it. He's averaging slightly less than 10 fantasy points a game. That, Jet, that Bills offense is one of the worst I've seen in recent years. It's just that terrible. Now, I know Miami gives up points to running backs, fifth most in the league, in fact. Ten running backs with over 15 fantasy points against them, PPR format. But the truth of the matter is, if you're still surviving, if you're still alive, if it's week 13 and you're fighting for a playoff spot or you've clinched a playoff spot, you've probably done that because you've been able to overcome LaShawn McCoy, whoever that other running back is you've been able to slide into your into your lineup. So the truth is you're going to keep rolling with that player over McCoy 
regardless the fact that he is playing Miami. I just have a hard time endorsing him. He was one of my biggest busts of the year, too. I avoided him in every league I was in, any situation. I haven't used him once in a DFS format. I want no part of him. Um, and I'm going to probably shy away unless it's the most desperate of desperate measures. You know, I'm reliant on one of the Colts running backs. Maybe maybe then I have to go to LaShawn McCoy, that type of situation. But with guys available on waivers that I like more, Gus Edwards potentially, TJ Yeldon, Eckler, if any of them were around and you added them, I'd go with any one of them over McCoy, even against Miami. That Bill's offense is just too unreliable. I can't imagine anyone with LaShawn McCoy is actually alive right now. Right. I mean, that's, that's just it. So your season is over. You're, you're playing for scraps. Well, then at that point, you've probably had to use McCoy all season. So at this point, you might as well finish up what you started. You made the mistake on draft day. Might as well see it all the way through. The Bears' offense has been excellent this year. But Jordan Howard hasn't really played a major part in it. He's not involved in the passing game. They talked him up, and it looked good early on. He had 10 receptions the first three weeks of the season, including five in the first game, and then it's kind of disappeared. He's got a great matchup this week. The Giants have been carved up on the ground. They even allowed a 100-yard game to Peyton Barber. Four weeks in a row, they've had at least 121 rushing yards to running backs. Is this the week that Jordan Howard helps fantasy teams, or should you be concerned? The fact that Jordan Howard only had seven carries last week with Chase Daniel at quarterback for the Bears. I mean, game script last week screamed that Jordan Howard would see at least 15 to 20 carries, and that didn't even happen. Tells you, in my opinion, of the role of Jordan Howard and how it's diminished in this Bears offense. He's got 36 carries over the last three weeks, only 12 a game, and the guy is averaging less than 50 yards a game, 48.7. It's tough to rely on him because I've seen him in some primetime matchups, and he has let down. The Giants have allowed 10 rushing touchdowns this season. That's a high number. Uh, they're basically giving up one a game at, at a minimum, okay? But Howard hasn't had double-digit fantasy points since week eight. His role is diminished. Anthony Miller's taken on a bigger role. Allen Robinson is healthy. Taylor Gabriel has played better, and we know Tariq Cohen is there. Those guys, I think, are, are all more highly thought of right now in that Bear offense than Jordan Howard based on, on, on the clutch play and the significant of plays when they get the ball. Howard, at best, is a guy who's going to trip over the goal line for you and pick up a cheap touchdown. But you can't expect more than 50 yards rushing. Uh, tough to rely on him this week as well. The volume's just not there. Yeah, I have a league uh, in the Fantasy Football World Championships where we have two flex spots, and I have Howard on the team, and I just don't see how I can play him. I'm playing Gurley, Chris Carson, Josh Adams, and Theo Riddick over him. I just can't put him in the lineup. Yeah, no, same thing. I'm using Adams over him in the spots. I, I'm using TJ Yeldon this week over him in spots. Um, really, in one league, my one debate is Tevin Coleman or Howard. Coleman has a tough matchup as well against Baltimore. I lean Coleman in that just because I know – Coleman's role uh, is more secure in the offense than Howard's. There's just less running back, less players there to take touches away from Coleman. But, but other than that, I'm, I'm looking elsewhere. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Howard got in the end zone because of the matchup, but it's just too risky. You know, it's tough to rely on running backs that are touchdown dependent, especially since he's not involved in the passing game at all. He can't even give you the floor of four for 40 like a Riddick can. That's the biggest problem with Howard. Exactly. I mean, would you be surprised if he's if his line ended with, you know, nine carries, 37 yards, and a touchdown? No, and that's really not good enough for no. this week. It's just exactly. not. Exactly. He gives you a 10-point game, and if he didn't stumble over the goal line from the one-yard line, it was a huge bust. 
So, it, like you said, it's tough to rely on that touchdown being what gives you a decent matchup. You need the yardage. You need the receptions. He doesn't give you either. There were two occasions this year when I saw fantasy football news, and I was just ecstatic. The number one where I went nuts was when Carlos Hyde was traded because I drafted Nick Chubb in four leagues. So I was like, oh, yes, because I, I think Chubb is probably going to wind up being a league winner. And the other one where I was pretty excited was when Demarius Tra- Thomas was traded to Texas because I thought Cortland Sutton was going to ball out. It hasn't happened with Sutton. It's been a disappointment. Is this the week he breaks out against the Bengals? Um, I can't guarantee that. I'm not willing to Come say on, that. man. I need a guarantee. That's what I brought you on for. I was with you. I, I jumped on him everywhere I could where, where he was available. I had him in spots. But, 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 Adam, I mean, since Demarius Thomas has left, the guy's averaged five targets, just over two receptions, and less than 50 yards receiving a game. I mean, he's just been a non-factor. Okay, Emmanuel Sanders continues to have a terrific year. And Philip Lindsay has stolen all the thunder there in Denver this week against Cincinnati. I mean, the last three weeks, Cincinnati has only allowed 27.3 points to wide receivers, which is below the NFL average. They've actually been a little bit better than that uh, over the last three weeks than the league average. Okay, I am not forcing Sutton in any lineups. I will get Lindsay in every lineup. I will get Sanders in every lineup. Okay, Case Keenum is still the quarterback in Denver, which is not necessarily a good thing. And Sutton, just like we, like we talked about more from Carolina, it just takes rookies. Every rookie is different. It takes him a different amount of time to, to settle into the NFL. And Sutton just is not there yet. The volume is just not present. I can't – you'd think on paper the matchup is great, but he's nothing more than a fourth wide receiver in your fantasy team. Talking to Anthony Aniano from rotoballer.com. Are we to the point now where if he is starting, we can trust Lamar Jackson? He's had pretty two good weeks. Obviously, he presents a lot on the ground with that high floor going into Atlanta, which hasn't been good defensively and has struggled against rushing quarterbacks and receivers, uh, running backs, catching passes out of the backfield. Like, Is Lamar Jackson top 12 quarterback this week for you? Yes, I have to play him against Atlanta. 25 passing touchdowns allowed, nine quarterbacks over 20 fantasy points allowed by Atlanta. Okay, I won a fantasy championship in Tim Tebow's one shining year in Denver. I won a fantasy championship with uh, Tim Tebow at my quarterback because he gave me 150 passing yards and a passing touchdown, and he gave me 90 rushing yards per game. And I think Lamar Jackson is a significantly better player than Tim Tebow ever was. And here you got Lamar Jackson giving you 164 passing yards over the last two weeks on average and 94 rushing yards on average, about 22 fantasy points a game. I'll sign up for that every week. And only two starts he's doing that. He's going to get better and better and better. And I expect it this week against Atlanta. That is a prime matchup for a quarterback as athletic and talented as Jackson. You're potentially looking at 200-plus passing yards, 100 rushing yards, and that turns into a monster fantasy game. Now, you mentioned the favorable matchup with Atlanta. Is any of the receivers for Baltimore going to benefit? Can you start any of them right now? You know, it's funny. When when I was – preparing to come on I I made myself chuckle over this because as much as I want Lamar Jackson it's tough to rely on any of these wide receivers okay Uh, Willie Sneed Crabtree Brown over the last two weeks Sneed's only had eight targets Crabtree's had nine and Brown's had eight so none of them are are dominating in any way shape or form in Jackson's two starts in fact uh, Ravens wide receivers all of them combined have only had 13 receptions 
over that uh, last week, okay, their average was the Ravens are averaging only wide receivers 17 fantasy points a game. They're just not reliable as anything more than a fourth wide receiver. Crabtier Tree had the touchdown last week, but those targets are all over the place. There's no rhyme or reason to it. Jackson's just throwing to who's open. He doesn't have a favorite guy. So when Jackson's just playing athletically, which is kind of what he's doing, it's tough to rely on one pinpoint wide receiver. I, I really can't look at any of them this week as anything more than a flex option. And if I have to, I kind of lean Crabtree 1, Brown 2, Sneed 3. Josh Reynolds is coming off a good game, but it was against the Chiefs when it was 54-51, so we know that's not going to happen every week, although we know the Rams' offense is going to put up points. Uh, where does Reynolds stand for you? Can you use him as a wide receiver three in a PPR format this week? Oh, absolutely. I'm all in. Okay, Detroit's allowed five touchdowns in the last three games to wide receivers, nine wide receivers with over 15 fantasy points. And this is a guy, week eight, without Cooper Cup, 19 fantasy points, three receptions, 42 yards, two touchdowns. Week 11, he gives you 20 fantasy points, six for 80 and a touch, 13 targets combined in those two games. If you uh, uh, had no problem playing Cooper Cup as a wide receiver three, you have no problem sliding Josh Reynolds right into that same role. Jared Goff, that Ram offense is that good that that wide receiver could slide right in there, and Reynolds just continue to do what he's doing. Without Cup in two, those two games, 122 yards, three touchdowns on nine receptions, Cooper, uh, Josh Reynolds is in my lineup this week. Will LeGarrette Blunt be in your lineup if Kerryon Johnson is out against the Rams coming off a good game? No, I can't play him this week because I'm just going to assume game script phases him out as Detroit falls behind. Okay, Blunt had the 88 yards, the two touchdowns. Okay, some, wide, some running backs have scored points against the Rams this week. Hunt, Davis, and Penny from Seattle, Kamara, Alvin Jones have all put up decent games. Okay, Rams allowing about 78 rushing yards per game over the last three weeks. But my concern is this. You know the Rams are going to put up a boat ton of points. Okay, LeGarrette does not catch the ball. Theo Riddick does. I think you got a, a situation. Riddick could give you six, seven, eight receptions. Game script allows where Riddick is on the field a lot more than LeGarrette Blount, especially in the second half. Again, similar to what we said about Jordan Howard. Maybe LeGarrette Blount trips over the goal line, but he's way too touchdown dependent in a game in which Detroit's going to have to pass the ball to just try to keep up. We've seen the Titans running backs really struggle the last couple of weeks. I mean, Deion Lewis, just when it looked like he turned a corner, is throwing in a couple of duds. This week, though, they get the Jets, and the Jets have just been carved up on the ground. Bills running backs at 182 rushing yards in Week 10. The Patriots running backs rush for 206 yards. Do you have confidence in either Titan running back this week due to the matchup? A low-end running back, too, for me is Deion Lewis. He's right around that 24, 25, 26 range in my rank. Is Now, keep in mind, he's only averaging 3.3 yards per ca uh, carry, which is not good. We know this. Derrick Henry is not a factor for me. Again, another running back that is strictly just two touchdown dependent. But the Jets' defense is not good. Their front line, defensive line, is not good. They've given up over almost 32 fantasy points a game to running backs just in the last three weeks alone, like you mentioned. So Deion Lewis, uh, in a in a like I said about running back twenty five, can slide into my RB two position if needed, depending on what my other like. I'd rather have Deion Lewis, I guess, than Jordan Howard. Okay, that would be a matchup I would prefer. I would rather Deion Lewis than Legarrette Blount if I was in that type of bind. Okay, so that's where Deion Lewis has a role this week against the Jets defense. That's just not very good. 
You know, James Conner was getting huge workloads. We haven't seen it the last three weeks. Week 10 against Carolina, he left the game early with the concussion, and they had it in hand. Jacksonville, he had 15 touches, and last week against Denver, he had 17. Was this just the product of game flow and then playing from behind, or could there be concerns about him wearing down late in the year? Yeah, you know, I've heard this, and I've seen some people say they're worried about it. I'm not overly concerned. You know, the Jaguars game, they were scrambling to come back, and that we, I talked earlier about how tough that Jaguars defense is. Denver's defense is still respectable, as is Carolina's. So we kind of ran into some tough matchups there. Ben was forced to throw the ball. We've seen what Antonio Brown and Smith-Schuster have done. So Connor's kind of been uh, a third option there, I think, like you said, based on game script. I still roll him out, okay? The, the fact that he is the hands-down RB1 on that team, he's not losing touches of any significance to anybody else. You're not worrying about timeshare. He can catch the ball. He can run the ball, okay? We're not, we're not worried about game script and another running back coming in like a theoretic to, to uh, play when the team is down or behind, okay? Chargers allowing over 24 points a game to running backs. James Conner is a safe-to-me 15-point floor player this week, uh, and his role will be all right. I don't think we're going to see the 35-point games that we saw and fell in love with earlier in the year, though. Is there any worry about James White? Uh, only one catch for five yards last week. Did have nine for 73. The week before, five for 31. Were owners spoiled early on and the expectations too high, or does the return of Gronkowski change things and Sony Michelle? Any concern for James White owners? Yeah, a little bit because he, he excelled when other players were out. You know, you've, like I mentioned, you have a, a fully uh, involved now Josh Gordon and a healthy Gronk. Burkhead is back. Sony Michelle is healthy. Those are, all those players need the ball as well. I'm not, it's not going to be as bad as it was last week with just the one catch. But I think what you see is what you saw the week before. Five for 31, eight targets, seven targets, six catches for 72 the week before that. Okay, useful as an RB2 in a PPR format. Okay, good, deep, good matchups coming up against Minnesota. They've allowed some receptions to running backs. Okay, but, but with all these other options, he's not going to be the star he was earlier. That is Anthony Aniano. You can find him at rotobowler.com. Anthony, thanks a lot for the time, and good luck in this crucial week 13. You as well, Adams, Adam, and as always, thanks for having me. No problem. Again, Anthony Aniano, check him out, rotobowler.com. You can find me, scoutfantasysports.com. I have the week 13 stock watch up. Have the week 13 sit them tomorrow. Sign up, become a member today. We'll help lead you to the championship. And join scoutdfs.com. You can get 50% off your first month. Whether it's an all-sports monthly pass, NFL DFS, or an NBA DFS monthly pass, use the promo code DAYAFTER. Take advantage of this deal now. And also, check me out. I'll be back tomorrow, 7 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.